Welcome back to the third episode of my podcast. Currently, I'm driving to Trader Joe's because I'm going to pick up some flowers for my teacher because tomorrow's my last day of um, in-person lecture with her, and she's been my professor for two of my classes. Um, This is Professor Challenger, the really cute old lady that I love. So I just want to show my appreciation and get her some flowers, and I'm probably going to write her a card as well. But this podcast, um, I wanted to touch on something that I don't talk about, not because it makes me, um, how do I describe this? I'm not, it's not a touchy subject for me, but I do feel like uncomfortable talking about it because it's not something I talk about. Like I overshare about everything, but I like keep this on the back burner. Like I don't bring this up. Not because I think, like, um, basically, I don't bring this up because I don't like, I wouldn't want for people's views about me to change with, like, if I were to tell them what I'm not telling them, basically. Um, and this feels, like, so awkward talking about, but you guys are my best friends, and I can, like comfortably tell you guys anything um but the reason I haven't shared this is again because I don't like when people's views about me change and I just don't want like a you know like day-to-day interactions to change or like for me to be thinking in the back of my head like oh what are they thinking or I wonder what they think about this so I think that's like why I don't share it or talk about it and also I don't talk about it because I don't want like any pity from this I don't want like Oh my god, there's a cop car right there. I don't want any text being like, oh my god, I'm so sorry, or like... And I don't want, because I, like, I've moved on. Like, I have dealt with this, and it's not a touchy subject for me. I, like, don't even remember the last time I've even cried over this. It, like, does not affect me really that much anymore. And so this isn't for pity, and I don't want you to feel sorry. I just think... Uh, because you guys are my friends, and I'm like, uh, why don't I share this with them? But also, like, I just don't want, I don't want you guys to be concerned, basically. Um, but today, <laughs> I don't want to talk about this. Today, we're going to talk about my eating disorder. Woo! Get hyped, everyone. Get hyped. Um, I mean, I'm not... God, where do I even start now? Sorry, that's so awkward. Uh, I mean, if you've had your suspicions in the past, guess what? You were kind of right. But this isn't, like, an ongoing thing right now. This is something I've dealt with, like, in the past. Um, So it's, like, not a concern for me right now, and I don't need anyone calling up any, um, like, inpatient clinics because I'm not going. So, or, like, a psych ward, I'm not going. But... Let's talk about this. So, um, this, I had anorexia, I only said eating disorder, but, um, I was a pretty severe anorexic from about 15 years old to when I was 18, and then I recovered, was recovered for a super long time, like, super duper long time, and then I relapsed last year, but uh, since then, like, I've been fine. 
and let's just talk about how it started now that I've told you like one of you know when I dealt with this but um the earliest memories I have that I think impacted me with the way that I look at food or the way I look at weight or the way I look at myself is um my mom her entire life since she's been like a teenager has struggled with her weight and so some of my earliest memories of her are us either in her room or like at the mall in a dressing room and she's like either trying on clothes or um looking at herself like in her bra and underwear and I always remember she would always say like oh I'm too fat if only I could lose 20 pounds if only I could lose some inches here, just things like that. And so from a young age, I really equated being fat with just being like unworthy. Um, And just as a bad thing, I guess. And I know this because um, when I was in kindergarten, I remember my mom took me to school late because I had an eye doctor appointment. And it was a cold day, so I was wearing this black puffer jacket. And I told my mom that I wasn't going to go into class with the black puffer jacket on because it made me look fat. And I was, like, a normal-sized kid. Like, I was not a chubby kid when I was in kindergarten. And I remember my mom looking so confused, and I was crying. And I said, I didn't want to wear the jacket because I thought it made me look so fat. And then when I was in first grade... Um, my school was doing like a mother-daughter picnic or something like that, mother-daughter breakfast that, you know, the moms would come to school and in class we would like do activities with our moms and eat whatever, I don't know. And my mom, um, I told her that I didn't want her to come because she was fat. And this wasn't, like, this was after me hearing for so long as a kid my mom just complaining how fat she was didn't want to go places and that you know we couldn't go on this vacation until she lost this many pounds and that she didn't want to leave the house until she looked like this so from a young age I'm like yeah I don't want you around me you're fat but like as a kid I think if that influence I had from her I would have never said that and I remember I feel horrible even when I think about this um my mom just started bawling her eyes out and like ran away from me and I still feel like I remember it really vividly and I still feel really terrible about it um and I remember my dad um at one point found out about it when he came home and I had to apologize to her but I still feel terrible when I think about that um and you know growing up my mom was always on like so many different diets and she would tell me about all of her diets and tell me how many pounds she's lost even like as this itty bitty kid because I was, like, her best friend, you know, my mom didn't really have friends, like, I was her friend, as, like, a five, six, seven-year-old, and, um, she told me, like, you know, got a personal trainer, I burned this many calories today, I ran this far today, so I've just, like, grown up hearing these numbers, these diets, and then, um, probably when I was seven or eight years old, my mom taught me how to read nutrition labels, and so, Whenever my mom went grocery shopping, we'd go to Bel Air, and as we were grocery shopping, anything that was, like, processed, so anything besides, like, produce, um, I would have to get the box and read the box, and the ingredients had um, to be less than 10 ingredients, and then I had to be able to pronounce every single word, because as a seven-year-old, you're obviously not going to have an easy time pronouncing, like, I don't know, 
glutamine, sulfate, I don't know. You don't like the chemicals and additives and stuff. And stuff that's not good for you. So, like, that's what she taught me. And she also taught me, this was way later, probably when I was in, like, third grade. So, I think I was, like, eight in third grade, maybe nine. I'm not sure. And... I remember her telling me, um, each meal you eat needs to be under 300 calories. So I started counting calories when I was probably eight years old. Um, I think that's all the background. Yeah, so just a background as to, like, um, how, like, I think diet culture and weights and calories, like, played into this. It's from a young age, like hearing the way my mom talked about herself and the way she, her relationship with food and how that affected me. But from, like, I didn't have an eating disorder as a child, but I just knew these things about food. And honestly, when my mom would say things about this, like, did I care? No, like, I was gonna eat all the cookies I wanted at my cousin's house. Like, of course I didn't have cookies in my house, but my cousin did, and I would just, like, go binge at my cousin's houses, my friend's houses, because they had all the, like, good food, and I, I didn't really care about what she said. So it didn't affect me back then. Um, fast forward to when I was 15. This is when my life, like, really went downhill. Um, this is when my parents were getting divorced. My mom was, like, a completely different person. She didn't feel like my mom anymore. And, um, I, like, felt like my life was just completely out of control. Like, my happiness was so out of control. Um, especially... I get so distracted while I'm driving. Okay. I'm almost already at Trader Joe's. I'm going to have to pause this. Um, so, where was I? Where was I? Oh, also because of BPD, a lot of people with borderline, well, every single person with borderline has um, something my psychiatrist calls as, like, a favorite person, which isn't, like, you know, like... It's like an obsession and everything they do, like, affects you, and their mood is your mood. And um, I used to describe this, before I even knew I had borderline, it's like making a home out of your favorite person, and, like, that's your safety, that's your comfort, and anything that's wrong with them, it just feels like the world is ending. I can go more into this, like, another day, but um, basically my favorite person um, as my psychiatrist would call it for the longest time, um, was my mom. And so obviously around this time when she's getting a divorce, she's very unhappy and she's not home anymore. She's like not buying groceries. She's always drunk. And my happiness kind of depended on her. And now my happiness, like my own happiness felt like so out of my hands. And I wanted to change that. Not, this wasn't, like, a conscious thing. Oh, let me say, like, none of this was, like, this was very subconscious, and I'll get more into that later. But, like, when this is going on, I didn't necessarily realize it until, like, way later. But, so, I thought that if I were to become this perfect child, that my parents would, you know, like me. Because at this time, I was terrible. Like, I was such a brat. I was... Um, doing horrible in school, always being, like, sent home, and just, you know, I was not a good kid by any means, always hanging out with the wrong crowd, being just completely disrespectful, and I thought, you know, I have 
at this point, I've always had a bad relationship with my dad. And then now I was starting to have a bad relationship with my mom. And so I was like, what can I do to, um, you know, win them over and make them like me and make them happy? Because both my parents were just so miserable and upset. And I wanted to make them happy, too. So I thought I could be the best person that I could be. They'll be happy and then I could finally be happy. And it started with my grades. I went from like a two point something and then I got a 4.0 and then the next semester I got a 4.5 just out of pure like, I don't know what to call it, <laughs> driving force to make someone happy. Like um, validation, you know, gotta, gotta do it. So it started with my grades and then, then it got too easy. Getting A's was got too easy for me. And I was like, oh, I've got to move on to something else. That's when I started going to church. I didn't even, you know, know anything about... I, of course, I knew stuff about religion, but I did not want to go. Like, I was the kid that my parents would have to, like, drag to, like, a Christmas service. Like, I just... I had no interest in religion, basically. But I started going because I thought, you know, that's what... That's what good kids do. They go to church. And so I started going to church... Um, it took a couple months, but I ended up loving it and then getting really involved there. Um, but then, you know, I was going to church all the time. I was becoming, like, a lot more respectful and just a lot more generous. Oh, my God, there's a subway here now. Guys, there's a subway by Trader Joe's now. Um, but I was just... Um, like my manners and my character just became a lot better. I was a lot nicer. And then at school too, you know, I wasn't that like disrespectful bratty kid. I became just, you know, a good human being. And then, um, that wasn't enough. And I was like, oh, what else can I do? Wait, am I allowed to come in this way? Shoot. Trader Joe's parking lot. Um, but then that wasn't enough, and I was like, oh, what else do good people do? Good people work out, <laughs> so I started working out. Um, I used to love running. I loved running before this, but I wouldn't be like, okay, I'm going to wake up at um, 6 and run two miles before I go to school, and then when I get home, I'm going to do this workout after practice. Like, it wasn't like that. Um, I just like running when I felt like it, but this is kind of me forcing it. Hopefully I could pause this and um, it'll pick up where I left off because I'm at Trader Joe's and I want to go in, but I'm going to wrap this up, what I want to say up. Um, and then I think, no, it wasn't that one. Um, and then it was like, yeah, I'm working out. And then because I was working out, I also started eating a lot healthier. And then I was eating healthy for, like, pretty healthy, like what you imagine as healthy, um, for like two weeks. And then after two weeks, I was like, oh, we got to go more extreme. And so then I went vegan, um, like cold turkey overnight. And then I was vegan. And then because I was vegan and I was working out, um, I wanted to track, I used to, like, loosely track how many calories I ate, like, I would just guesstimate how many I had in a day, but this became, like, I tracked calories in every single thing I ate, and I did that on my fitness pal. and my fitness pal ruined my life, 
I hate that app and it needs to be taken off the app store. It has ruined so many people's lives. Um, you can go in there and put how many calories you want to eat in a day and then you can enter like, there's like every food, um, you can like put in there and it'll like count the calories for you or like you could do it yourself and it'll say how many calories you have remaining left and then it'll tell you like the macros and everything. So then I started like putting in, um, my meals into my fitness pal and then you can also put, um, like exercise you've done in there so that'll like take off the calories um, yeah, so I started doing that, and then I kind of just became obsessed with the numbers, and I was eating probably around, like, 1,600 calories a day, um, without, like, wanting, without restricting, just me eating healthy, but kind of, like, still whatever I wanted, like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I can only have half this banana, like, I would eat the whole banana if I wanted to eat the whole banana, and I would eat it with peanut butter if I wanted to. Like, it wasn't me restricting, but I ate around that many calories, and then um, I just became obsessed with, like, getting it lower and lower. Um, because I was losing weight. Like, if I'm eating healthier, especially if you're eating vegan and you're running a lot and working out a lot, and this is when I was doing cheer too, so I had, like, practice and all that, like, you're going to lose weight. And um, throughout all of this, like, the changes I made, I loved seeing, like, the results. I loved seeing the 4.0 on my report card. And um, I loved, like checking off that I did my devotions in the morning and I loved um knowing that I like prayed before my meals and that I went to church on Sundays and then I had youth on Wednesdays like it was like it was me checking it off like I did that and I did that and I did that and then like running a certain amount of miles or running or like burning this many calories like I it just became like an obsession with numbers and so um, as I lost weight, that kind of just, like, fueled me more, so I just started restricting the calories, like, more and more and more. Um, if you, I don't, maybe you guys also struggle with this, but if it triggers you, like, if I talk about, like, calories and weight, like, do not listen, um, like, seriously, go away, but, um, at one point, I remember restricting myself to only 800 calories, but this is when I was still working out and I had cheer. And then at one point it was 300 and then it got down to like 150. Side note, before I like keep talking about that, once in a while I'll re-download my fitness pal and I'll go back to those years because I can look at my entries and it's so fucking sad that I ate the same thing every single day. Like, without a doubt, every single day, I had, like, black coffee on black coffee on black coffee and oatmeal, or I would have black coffee, black coffee, black coffee, apple, and a granola bar, and, like, that was, <laughs> that was it, but, um, yeah, sometimes I, like, I haven't done that in super long, but, um, I did that, like, a couple years ago, and I thought it was funny, um, but I just became like, obsessed with it, and I was finally, like, getting attention from, like, my grandma, 
Um, not that I want to make grandma's attention. Hang on. This whole this okay. First of all, this whole thing wasn't to get attention. That's it was. It became like a me trying to become a better person, and then me obsessing over numbers. I also used to be like a hardcore perfectionist, and like became super obsessed with my grades. And one time I scored below like a 95 on an essay, and I cried so hard. So like it was a perfectionist thing. This wasn't an attention thing. But once I started getting attention, for you know people were scared like how skinny I've gotten. It, like, fueled me even more. Like, my grandma got so upset and so scared because, like, all my clothes were, like, falling off of me and getting really baggy. And my mom would just tell her, don't worry. Like, her dad said the family is very thin. But, like, I was, you know, really struggling. Also, remember, um, when I started restricting, when I went down to 800 calories and I realized, you know, that's not... (laughs) Normal people don't eat this little of calories while also exercising and um I don't know until you've like struggled with an eating disorder it's really hard to say like you can't it wasn't me like how do I explain this I wasn't willingly restricting it's like uh, it's like a force I don't know how to explain it so um anyways I remember I went to Chipotle with my mom one day and I remember everything I got in the bowl was vegan and then I think I skipped out on like rice and like other things and I remember telling myself because I already calculated the calories from the menu I told myself I can only eat a fourth of this so I could like stay under um the calories I wanted to eat for that day and um oh still to this day this happens to me but I'm going to mention this first um as we're walking back to the car I um walked past another person's car and in the um side mirror I could see my arm I was wearing a tank top that day I think and I could see my arm and how like skinny my arms look and this still happens to me now um obviously I have a horrible body dysmorphia from having anorexia and it like still affects me today but for some reason I never realize what my body looks like until I see it either in pictures or if I like randomly catch a glance at my body like um unintentionally then I'm like oh that's what I look like um so then I remember I got in the car with my mom and I said to her um Oh, at this point, I had an off-season for cheer, I remember, so I wasn't um, practicing or going to games, and I said to my mom, um, I haven't been eating that much lately, um, I've only been eating, like, I don't know, like, 800 calories a day, I feel like I should be eating more, I don't know, and then my mom said to me, this was me kind of, like, crying out for help, um, because... I'm, like, getting angry thinking about this, but if you've had an eating disorder, there's, like, this voice in your head. It's, like, it's not your own voice. It's someone else's voice, and it's just, like, a really angry, um, just completely hates you. Like, this is the voice that was, like, just always calling me, like, fat, worthless, don't eat that, or if I did eat something... I literally have, like, still notes in my phone from me cussing myself out because I, like, ate something that I wasn't supposed to, right? So it was, like, this voice. 
Um, and it became like, every day felt like a living hell for me because this voice like tormented me. Every day was horrible and just like the obsession with thinking about food and what my next meal was going to be and how many calories I ate that day and how was I going to burn this many calories by this time and just the like pure exhaustion that I dealt with because, you know, not getting enough calories and then trying to burn them off and then me trying to be this really good student and do all of this like, God, I was just so tired all the time um, and so cold. <laughs> Um, what was I even, oh, I didn't even finish what I wanted to say, but I told my mom, like, kind of, like, crying out for help at this point, being, like, I'm just not eating anymore, and I have gotten, like, visibly skinnier at this point, like, very much so, and my mom said to me, that sounds about right, I think 800 calories is a good amount, you know, you're not, you're not doing chew right now, you guys have an off season, so, like, that's, that's good. And I remember just feeling like, oh, she's right. Like, I'm not exercising as much anymore. So 800 calories is like, you know, that's fine. And I think that made me, I was like, oh, got to go even more. I think that's when I started restricting a lot more was after that. Um, Yeah, so I went from, actually, I think I weighed like 135. And then at my lowest, I weighed like 109. Um, and then 5'8 for reference, so that's, you know, very fair. Uh, it was not a big high. I remember I went to the doctor for something, I don't remember what, and they weighed me. Oh, I'm not allowed to have scales at my house <laughs> anymore. <laughs> but, uh, I hadn't weighed myself in a long time. Um, even though I was obsessed with my weight, I would do measurements because I didn't trust scales. Because I didn't trust anything. I didn't trust any food labels because I was like, they're lying to me about the calories. I trusted nothing. So I never trusted scales. So I didn't really know how much I weighed, but I would like, I had measuring tape or whatever. So I like knew the exact, you know, inches around every single part of my body and I would track them. Also, I took pictures of what I looked like every single day when I woke up. I remember every single day when I woke up, the first thing I would do was rub my hands across my ribs to felt like how prominent they were that day. And then the first thing I would do was, like, walk to the mirror, and I'm still half asleep and, like, you know, wobbling around. And I would always lift up my shirt to see, like, how sunken in my stomach was. And that would, like, determine how how my day would go. Um, sorry, I keep, like, going off topic, and I keep forgetting what I'm actually talking about. Hmm. What was I talking about? I need to stop going on side tangents. Um, oh, I was in the doctor's office, um, and I didn't know how much I weighed. And when they weighed me, and they told me that I weighed, I weighed like 108 at this point, but like I usually, my lowest weight was usually around 109. And I was so shocked because I had body dysmorphia, and I thought it was way bigger than I actually was. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, mm, there's no way. Like, that smells so off. Like, I don't weigh that much. I weigh like... 120, 125. She's like, no, Ashley, you look like a skeleton. You weigh 108 pounds. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> it's like funny to think about now, but um, yeah. Um, 
Anyways, this is just a really uh, miserable time in my life. This is probably when I was the most suicidal because of how, like, tormented I was by this. Um, and then things didn't really get better for me until I was like, mm, I'm actually really going to kill myself. Like, this is my plan and I'm going to do it tonight until things, you know, change. But... The reason why I also stopped doing cheer wasn't because Regina was mean to me. I had gotten so weak that I could not get a single stunt up. I went from being a really amazing back spot and base to not being able to get a single stunt up. Also, my cheer uniform did not fit me anymore. It, like, was literally falling off me and so baggy. It was so... Guys, leggings were baggy on me. And people would comment about how, like, thin I was or, like, the way clothes looked on me. And it just made me happy. I remember this one time I was changing in front of my cousin, because um, we were going to go swimming, my cousin Lily. And I was, like, coming home from Hollister. This is when I first started working at Hollister. And I was taking my clothes off in front of her to put on my bikini. And she was in the bathroom with me, because I was giving her a bikini to put on that was mine. And for whatever reason, I apologized. I said, sorry, like, I'm bloated right now. Or, like, sorry... I look fat right now or something like that and she looked at me and she's like you look anorexic and I was just like yay <laughs> OMG yay Sarah I also remember in class you used to come up to me and wrap your hands around my thighs and would mention how small they are I was like yes <laughs> Um, also, when I started my job at Hollister, I was so excited because I thought, you know, I'm not doing cheer anymore, so I don't get really exercised for that, but if I'm going to be walking around in the back all the time, and I'm going to be at work, and I'm away from my kitchen, and away from food, so I can't eat, I was thrilled <laughs> for that reason. I was like, yes, I'm going to lose so much weight, <laughs> more weight. <laughs> Um, my goal weight, I think I wanted to get down to, like, 100 pounds, so, but when you're, like, already 109, losing, like, another 9 pounds is so hard if you're already, like, small. Um, I'm gonna, like, stop making this personal, but Justin, I remember, um, when you started working at Hollister and you started buying us drinks from Starbucks and you'd get, you always get venti sizes, and I remember when you did that, and I remember being, like, devastated, but obviously, like, I was trying to hide it, so I would drink the dang thing and then cry about it later <laughs> um but yeah um things didn't get better until like the end of high school actually I had already graduated high school um so my first year at Sierra I was like mm, I'm gonna end things I can't live <laughs> I can't live like this anymore uh so then I was just crying because I was like oh, I'm actually gonna do it tonight <laughs> this is my plan and then um I was, like, crying out to God and praying about it, because I was just, like, I'm so sick of this, like, I can't go on living like this, because um, this voice just, like, tormented me, and it made life, like, a living hell, like, I would so much rather die and go to hell than live the life that I was living, um, if that's what it took, and then the next day, I swear, like, it, life completely changed for me, and I was, like, able to eat, like, whatever and I didn't really have the thoughts about calories and things like that which sounds I don't know like I believe in miracles but if you don't that's okay maybe maybe another explanation for this is that I finally 
I needed that and I finally needed to be pushed to the edge for me to come to terms with how bad things were before I could, you know, start over, but I don't know. Um, I tried to recover myself, like, so many times. I would wake up and be like, today is the day I'm going to recover, and I'm going to eat 1,200 calories today, because that's, like, an extra 1,000 calories. Like, that was big for me. And I was like, I'm going to eat this gigantic salad, and I'm going to eat this and this, and I can finally enjoy going out to dinner with my family. I remember this one time I made this, like, big salad, (laughs) and I brought it outside to eat it. I was like, I'm going to sit in the sun, enjoy this big salad enjoy the nutrients and vitamins that I haven't gotten in so long, and, um, I just cried, because I couldn't eat it, I couldn't take a single bite, (laughs) um, so I, like, I tried to recover myself so many times, but it never worked, it would only last, like, not even a day before I would be like, I can't do that, um, so, yeah, I'm very thankful for that, um, and then last summer, I relapsed, um, I gained a lot of weight between, I don't know how old I was, between, like, 19 and 20, I think. Um, not a lot of weight, I mean, I just weighed, like, 130, I remember I went to the doctors, and I weighed, like, 136 or something, and I was like, damn, (laughs) when did I gain weight? Um, but I didn't mind, like, I didn't, I, like, kind of noticed, because, you know, my clothes were, like, getting tighter on me, or they just, like, fit better, um, and my bras didn't fit me anymore, and so, like, I knew that I was, like, gaining weight, but I didn't care, I was, like, I've had the same looking body since I've been a child, so I don't care if I'm, like, gaining weight, um, and then I don't, I still to this day don't know what it is, but the thing that triggers me into, like, relapsing is, like, loss of control, like, I'm a control freak, and then one way I control my life is, controlling what goes in my body, and, um, I think last summer, because I wasn't working, because of the pandemic, and I wasn't going to school, because I decided that I wanted to take a summer break, I just felt so unproductive, and, like, worthless, and, like, that I was just rotting away, not doing a single thing, and I think that triggered it, I still can't put my finger on it, so I relapsed last summer, um, Honestly, it's kind of a blur for me. <laughs> I really don't remember it that well. But I lost, like, I think 20-something pounds. And then when I kept going in for my doctor's appointment, because I had to do all my um, Chamberlain-compliance stuff, my freaking um, doctor kept asking me about it, because I had lost, like, a lot of weight since the last time I'd seen him, only a few months prior. And so he was concerned. Also, I want to say... I when I was saying earlier that it's a subconscious thing, it 100% is, because earlier, like, when I first was dealing with anorexia when I was, um, how, in high school, basically, um, I didn't feel sick enough to think that I had anorexia, even though I was, like, fainting, and I looked ghostly, I was like, I'm not sick enough to be anorexic, um, so I just didn't think I was, and then, um, this last summer, I remember my hair was, like, falling out in chunks, and I was, like, oh my god, who gave me evil eye, (laughs) like, I was just so, like, I'm always just so in denial about everything, and so I was, like, damn, someone gave me evil eye, that's why my hair is falling out, like, not because I was starving myself, but because 
evil eye. <laughs> so it's like a subconscious kind of thing. But thankfully, um, you know, I've recovered since last summer. Uh, yeah, that was, um, what's that? I feel like I wanted to say something else, but I forgot what it was. But, um, also, it helps, um, I guess because this podcast is for you guys, but it helps eating with people. Um, if I eat a meal with my friends, I never feel like I wasted calories, even if it's a like high caloric meal. So eating with my friends really helps me. Um, I still have like fear foods. There's certain foods that I won't eat just out of I literally just have fear food still. Um, like, I will never drink a freaking milkshake again in my life, probably. Just because how many calories are in it. Um, yeah. Well, also, 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 also. If you're like, I had no idea that happened last summer. That's because you shouldn't have. I was trying really, really hard to hide it. So don't, don't feel bad or feel like a bad friend because I was like literally trying so hard to hide it and make it like not visible or obvious or anything like that. So don't, don't feel bad. And then I brought this up because lately I've just been having like that voice is kind of back in my head. I'm usually pretty good about like, I don't know, suppressing it getting around it, ignoring it now. Um, but I'm just trying to, like, hold myself accountable, and I think it's with school, and it's stressing me out, and just so many other things in my life are just so up in the air, and it's freaking me out, and I feel out of control in my life. Um, so I'm just trying to hold myself accountable and take care of myself. And, yeah, also, since we're covering this all in one episode and I don't have to tell you guys in person or have an actual conversation about this, please do not mention to me, oh, I didn't eat all day. I only had coffee today. That triggers me so much. Please don't don't say that around me or just be like, oh, I only had this say. Like, do not say that around me. Or if you're talking about working out, don't tell me how many calories you burn. I don't, I don't want to know. I don't want to know because I'm so like, competitive about that kind of stuff like if you told me you're like I burned 700 calories in my workout today I'm gonna go home and try to burn twice as much because I have to win win the game (laughs) what game I don't know but the game so yeah that feels good to talk about I think I don't know I still feel uncomfy about it if that made you guys uncomfortable or like that was boring I'm sorry I don't know um Right now, I'm about to go to Trader Joe's. Grocery shopping used to be a super big deal to me. I would have, like, a panic attack before I went in there. Um, But now it makes me happy. And I can, like, actually enjoy desserts. I used to... I am so proud of myself that I can eat croissants now. Oh, my goodness. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of foods that I... I, like, don't give myself enough credit for, like, how far I've come. But, yeah. Anyways... I'm gonna go get my groceries. I hope this wasn't depressing to listen to because I didn't want it to be. I wanted it to be like an informational podcast about myself. <laughs> it makes me feel narcissistic, but like I didn't want this to be depressing. I just wanted it to be like, ah, here's something I wanted to talk about, but I don't like to talk about it because it makes me feel uncomfortable. 
but here it is. Um, so no pity, no, please don't, don't like ask me, um, about like what I've eaten or like anything like that, unless you're genuinely, genuinely scared. But like, I, I really don't like those questions either. Cause I don't want you guys to be like, you know, obsessing over like what I'm eating. Like I'm fine. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. I hope this wasn't too boring or too sad or too confusing because I'm like all over the place and I talk on here. But I love you guys and I'll see you guys soon. Bye.